foodie. From the Not A Foodie studio in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, it's the Not A Foodie show on Radio Rampa, 620 AM. I am here. I am your host, co-host. Are you I here? Tom Mialli. <laughs> I'm Michael Ferranti. <laughs> Mike, how's it going? Wonderful, because baseball's back. Baseball is back. We're we're not a baseball radio show, but we almost are a baseball radio show. We <laughs> we talk a lot about sports. Well, let's instead of talking about food news. Well, this is food news. This is food news. Let's talk about the new food that is coming out of the baseball stadiums this year. Okay. So anyone who's listened to the show knows that um, Mike roots for the worst team in baseball, like the, the greatest team in the history of sports. <laughs> Mike's a big New York Yankee fan. They're tattooed on me. And I am a, a New York Mets fan whose um, seasonal disappointment is tattooed on my soul. So <laughs> you just signed a Grom. Yes, I know. I'm for, for like night. real money for true. I know for real the Mets are money. finally like they're they're. They're paying players I, what they're owed. I'm more surprised he signed that contract than the Mets offered that to him. Yeah, I, I mean, I am too. I am too. <laughs> I am too. But he's it makes me makes me love the guy. It makes me hopeful for the future of the Mets. But it's the spring and hope springs eternal when baseball <laughs> season starts. And that's you know every team's in first place. So, <laughs> so so when you go there opening day to see Jacob Degrom pitch, what are you getting at City Field? Well, what am I getting, or what are the new food offerings? Because yes. let's go over the new food <laughs> offerings first. I think some there's some cool things, um, some cool new things. There's some like trendy things. Pizza cupcake is coming. Do you know pizza cupcake? No, but I hate it. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I hate the name. It's um, they're savory cupcakes. They're they started at Smorgasburg. Oh, I hate it. And they're just oh little bites God. of pizza. Yeah, so mozzarella, tomato, oregano, pepperoni, you know, things like that. Um, I wish ill upon their house. <laughs> Have, they're a small business. <laughs> started in Brooklyn. Like, how can you I wish Hill upon their house? Good. That's another sponsor off the list. Let's check them off the list. Them and Fernet. So they're new. Um, dumplings, Destination Dumplings, which are good. They're really good. Um, it's a trendy spot that has, like, really good dumplings. Um, they've got, like, not just your plain dumplings. They've got, like, citrus sauce dumplings and salsa Wait, dumplings Do you want to like eat that. dumplings at a baseball game? That's not, like, a baseball. It depends. Yeah. Eh, it depends. They could be. They don't have to be, like, dry. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that I found interesting, though, is there's um, Sliders and Sinkers, which um, is a place that is run by um, – Patrick Schaefer, who is an, like an award-winning burger guy, but he works for Aramark. He works for like mm -hmm. the big company that does all, all of the, the catering food and food, food at City Field. And he came up with this small little sort of mini um, small business that is called Sliders and – what did I just say? Sinkers. Sliders and Sinkers. And so the sliders are um, bacon, cheddar, cheese, and roasted tomato on a little slider. And the sinkers are mini Nathan hot dog sliders. They're like um, with mustard and ketchup and cool. pickle and stuff like that. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Nice. Um, but if you're asking me what I'm eating at City Field, it's always going to be Mamas of Corona. Like the correct answer is Mamas empanadas. No, 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 no. Oh. Mamas of Corona. You don't know Mamas of Corona? No. Oh my God. How do you not know Mamas of Corona? Uh, I, I'm going to bring in. I think of Corona Lemon Ice King and I think of no. Mamas empanadas. So do you know Leo's Lettuccini? No. Okay, so Leo's Latticini is like a 100-year-old mozzarella shop, right? Okay, beautiful. And Mama used to make sandwiches 
um, just big old Italian sandwiches and like, you know, the cold cut combos mm-hmm. and give them out to the cops, like sell them just to the cops in the neighborhood. Um, I Maybe 15, 20 years ago, some Mets executives got a hold of them and they just started placing orders all the time. And so, like the Mets players, the the Mets executives would have them, the Mets players would have them, and that was it. Then maybe you know, at, at the old Shea Stadium, they had a tiny little um, stand that you would have to like go down to the bowels of city or of, of Shea Stadium to get it, um, and that that was it. So now it's like the best sandwich there. I'm gonna bring you one because it is the best Italian Colca combo that you've ever had awesome. in your life. Fresh mozzarella and everything. So sorry, I've I've dominated this conversation with City that, Field. That's food. okay because the food at City Field is better than the food at Yankee Stadium. So the Mets are better than Yankees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> I got it. Yeah, yeah. they sound the better Matsui. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> so at Yankee Stadium this year, they're and City Field. We said Big Mots, Big the Mots. Mozzarella stick. Yeah, company, mozzarella sticks. They're gonna be there, and B- Buffalo Wild Wings is gonna have a new Ugh. place at Yankee Stadium. The You're bringing th- Buffalo Wild Wings to this game. Yeah, no. The best thing at Yankee Stadium is Low Bell's. The I mean, steak sandwiches. I did not even talk about David Chang's. Yeah, no, no. I food, didn't even talk about the, Fat Lafrida steak in sandwich. Queens blows out the food in the Bronx. It's not. I it, wouldn't even go that far. I would just say that they get better vendors. You got yeah. the David Chang spicy chicken sandwich. You got the Pat Lafrida steak yeah. sandwich. No, yeah. no, no, no. City, so many City options. Field, at City the food Field. at City Field has been better. They they opened with a Shake Shack. Yeah. The food at City Field has been better than the food at Yankee I Stadium. I mean, since quick story. Was. I had Yankee season ticket or Yankee Mets season tickets the first season that they opened. Um, and obviously, they were nowhere near making the playoffs. So by the end of the season, I would go to City Field to get a Shake Shack burger because it was easier to get a Shake Shack burger at City Field than it was to get a limited. You that know. was the only one in Queens. For there a was while. none. Yeah, there were there were none anywhere. There were only a couple in Manhattan. That was it. Yeah. So, anyway, that's All my right. that's my. So we have a great show. Our next segment, we're going to be talking about the Sweet 16 of College Food Cities. Yes. This is a fun segment. And we're going to, after that, we have my buddy Jason Randon to talk about Italian wine and how he went from being a dishwasher in Orange County to repping one of the biggest, most important wine books. Started from the bottom. Now he's on the no food, no foodie, not a foodie. I don't know. Yeah, that's so bad. This is why I can't speak lyrics. Yeah, I'm done. No, I'm leaving it there. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of my embarrassing moments. All right, so stick around after this. <laughs> at and Not A Foodie Show on Twitter, at Not A Foodie Show on Instagram. We'll be back in a minute. Hey, Mike, where are we? We're in beautiful Greenpoint, Brooklyn at the BK Media Studio. The BK Media Studio is the home of the Not A Foodie podcast. It's so much better than my dining room table where we started this little venture. It has full video capabilities, full audio capabilities. If you're looking for a studio to record a podcast, to do an interview, to record a YouTube show, or anything, think of the BK Media Studio. The number is 917-300-9123. You can come in, take a tour, book a session, tell them that the Not A Foodie Show sent you, and I'm sure we'll work out some sort of a discount. BK Media Studio in the heart of Greenpoint, Brooklyn. Right next to the G train. Brooklyn's most convenient studio. Hey everyone, it's Tom from the Not A Foodie Show. Are you a small business looking to advertise to a food and restaurant loving audience? The Not A Foodie Radio Show has advertising opportunities available that fit a range of budgets. For a free consultation or for more information, email info at notafoodie.com. That's info at notafoodie.com. (laughs) 
And we're back. Thanks for tuning in to the Not A Foodie Show, 620 AM, Radio Rampa. As always, it's Mike Moranti. Hey, it's Tom. So, Tom? Yeah? It's uh, the middle of March, the end of March. It's the end of March. And uh, it's a little March Madness time. Yeah, I know. So, a couple of months ago, we did the uh, World Cup of Food. <laughs> That's right, on our podcast. I don't think we did it on the radio no, show, right? No, we didn't have it a radio just show. It was just on the podcast. But yes. we, we took every country in the World Cup, and we... Broke it down by the bracket, by which country had better food, and surprise, Japan won. Was that right? Japan won? Japan won. Yeah, because Japan just elevates everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Italy wasn't in it. And Italy and was not in the World Cup. Yes. Um, so, now we're in the Sweet 16 of March Madness. Yes. It's impossible to do, It's it starts with 64 teams, right? Well, 64, and then there's the play-in teams. I yeah. mean, you're at, you're at it, like 70. It, like if it's you impossible sort of... to do this except with 16 or less teams. So we're doing 16. We're going to yeah. do the Sweet 16. So we divided it up. We divided it up into we, the brackets. We did research on yes, this. Yes, we this did research. <laughs> this is like this is a piece that we actually did research on. We're not just winging it. We we actually were working on this when I was a, on vacation in Costa Rica. So <laughs> yeah. like this is something that we put time and thought into. <laughs> so Mike is going to take the East and the West. I'm going to take the South and the Midwest conferences. And we're gonna what are, are there rules? There's no rules. Let's just no. We're, we're just gonna, gonna hash it out. I'm just yeah. gonna tell you what I've read. All rules are final. Our decisions are final. We are the authority yeah. on college basketball food. So uh, that's it. I look forward to arguing with you in the comments because I will win. Wow. So. Wait. I'm I'm just going over your teams now. Yeah. Oregon's a 12 seed, and they're yeah, good for them. I, I know. Well, <laughs> okay. I, I mean, they beat a 13 to get into the yeah, yeah to the 16. I know. It's crazy. They beat Kansas, which was a huge. That was, or I'm um, sorry, they beat Wisconsin, which was number five. That was a big upset. Nice. So anyway, let's go to your team. So so right. you got the East. So Duke and Virginia Tech. Uh, Duke is playing Virginia Tech. Yes. So Duke is in Durham, North Carolina. Yes. Virginia Tech is in Black Blacksburg, Virginia. Okay. I mean, um, we've talked extensively about North Carolina food for like three weeks in a row now. <laughs> Yep. I, like, I have to go do, like, a, a food pilgrimage to North Carolina is, like, all that this is telling me. Right. So, um, also, I went on a TripAdvisor. There's about, like, 400 restaurants in uh, Durham and, like, less than 100 in Blacksburg, North Carolina. Okay. Uh, Blacksburg, Virginia. So, edge to Duke. Duke. Okay. You got Duke. I, I agree with that. I don't – there's there's really not much – that I could argue. I mean, Duke. We got North Carolina. We got barbecue. We got everything. Let's just move on because yeah. that's that's a blowout right there. Yeah, it, it's like unfair. Duke wins for food. Yes. Um. So then you have. So who is Duke going to be playing in the Final Four? So it's uh, LSU versus MSU. Ooh, LSU versus Michigan State. Yeah. Uh. So Baton Rouge, uh, the number one restaurant rated on TripAdvisor, is Ruth Chris Steakhouse. <laughs> oh come on. But. After that, it's all really cool Cajun and Creole yes. and seafood restaurants. Yes. So I don't know if Ruth's Chris just was like paying for ads or something because that's like an absurd thing. <laughs> like out of I've went on TripAdvisor for all these places and Ruth's Chris was the only well Ruth's chain. Chris. So TripAdvisor is the worst way to research this. I feel like TripAdvisor is like I am someone who is a global traveler that is going to this place and where am I going to feel most comfortable? I think nine times out of ten, it's a Ruth's Chris. <laughs> Most of these places. Uh, so, so on the other end, East Lansing. I I went to college in Michigan. I've never been to East Lansing because mm-hmm. I've. I, it's kind of like Albany. Like, there's not really any reason to go. But <laughs> they have steamed hams in there, Albany. There's um a hop cat. Okay. Which it started in Grand Rapids. It's like the perfect beer bar, the perfect gastropub. They're famous for these things called crack fries, which they just changed the name to because crack is whack. Okay. But, like actually, um. 
But after after that, like Hopcat is definitely better than Ruth Chris. Okay. But after that, I have to give the edge to Baton Rouge and all the yeah. stuff that they're doing. I mean, down I there. was wondering where you were going with this. I just I had to shout out Hopcat because they are they're a Michigan gastropub institution. Okay. So we've got Duke and LSU are mm-hmm. in the Elite Eight, I should say. Yep. Right. Now next we've got what do we have? Gonzaga and FSU. Okay, Gonzaga, FSU. Um, I thought Gonzaga was in DC, <laughs> not Washington <laughs> State. I was like, oh, Gonzaga, that's a DC school. So this is like a blowout. Uh-huh. Um, but then I looked them up, and so Spokane has like some cute farm to table stuff. Mm-hmm. But Tallahassee actually is like a cool college town. And um, what's the the football coach's name? Doug Shula, Dan Shula, Dan Shula, uh, Dan, Don, Don Shula, Don Shula. He has yeah. a steakhouse there. Uh, Shula's, yeah, yeah, of course. So I've I'm been, gi- I've eaten at many Shula's in Wall in Florida. I, I'm yeah. giving the edge to Tallahassee. Ah, uh, FSU. All right, all right. I got. I I would say, hmm. I don't know. That's I, rough. I was very for for college food. I would definitely say FSU. For upscale food, I would say Gonzaga, I, it, but I'm not it sure. Didn't look that. I was looking at all these restaurants, and none of the food looked that good. Really? Yeah. A lot of these restaurants looked like um, uh, Cheesecake Factory stuff. Okay, I'll but, I'll I'll give you FSU. FSU is yeah. You did the research. FSU is mm-hmm. the way to go. All um, right. So Gonzaga beats FSU, and who is FSU playing in the Elite Eight? It's, Michigan Tech, uh, Michigan, and Texas Tech. Yeah. Uh, Texas Tech Red Raiders is the coolest name in college sports. <laughs> But Ann Arbor is an incredible food city. That's true. Where is Texas Tech, though? Um, I you don't I, know. I've looked it up, and then I just didn't care. You, okay, I, it didn't matter. It didn't. So, so Michigan is just going to win. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I, I mean, you got to tell me where Texas Tech is first. Okay. I'm looking up Texas Tech. Texas Tech, where are they? Texas Tech. I don't even know where Texas Tech is located. Oh, it's in Lubbock, Texas. Yeah. Okay, yeah. No, you got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll give it to Michigan. Because <laughs> it was going to be like Texas Tech, located in the artisanal food yeah. area. It wasn't, in, like, it wasn't yeah. Dallas or Austin or anything. <laughs> or Houston yeah. or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Love it. Okay. Um, so we got Michigan. So Michigan. All right. Cool. So I've got Duke versus LSU. That's a tough one, dude. No, and it's not. It's not? The, the food scene in Durham is really, really incredible. And I really feel like LSU edged out Michigan State. Wait, no, right. Duke, you mean? Um, no, I'm sorry. The oh, so food... you think LSU, in the Sweet 16, yeah. LSU edge out Michigan State. Yeah, the, right. the Ruth Chris thing really upsets me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and Duke also has the best campus food. So I, I am also saying Duke. I'm mm-hmm. also saying Duke, but I think I've been to Baton Rouge. I love the food in Baton Rouge. I love the parties. I love the college food in Baton Rouge, the, like, crazy you know, you got to go to this place at 3 a.m. sort of, like, bar food. Um, but Duke wins. Yeah. Duke wins. It was closer for me than it was for you, I think. So I've got Duke. All right, cool. Uh, so a win Duke, by one or a win by ten is still a win. <laughs> yes. Duke is in the final four yeah. with FSU versus Michigan. Um, Ann Arbor. Yeah. Ann Arbor just has so much more going on. Uh, it's – I – when I was going to school in Michigan, I, like, kept flirting with the idea of, like, one day opening up a restaurant in Ann Arbor. Really? Yeah. I, I've been to it's Ann Arbor. I love Michigan Ann Arbor. Yeah, I mean, and I've been to, you know, I've been to FSU. I like. I, Have you I'm been sorry. to the big house? Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. I, I've been there for homecoming. I've been there for Michigan Ohio State. I've been. Oh yeah, wow. I, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's one of it was my first college football experience, and I like. Yeah. It's so hard the, to do anything the, else. But the that. only thing that re- and I went to a, a Michigan Akron game. Mm-hmm. The only thing that was anything like it was Yankee playoff baseball in the nineties. Oh, stop. 
Let's stop with your Yankees. There's 111,000 people. Not a, not a Yankee stadium. 111,000 people in the big house. That's half of that, a Yankee. That's half a Yankee stadium. Yeah, but it was just Akron. Like, it wasn't a sold-out game. <laughs> um, all right, so we got Duke, Michigan. I don't That's rough. know. It's, that, this is, I think this is we rough. should do I yours. feel like you've got, you've got, okay, so we'll go to my, yeah. to get my final four. How much time we got? We're, we're, we're uh, eight and a half in. Uh, okay, so we're good. We, we, we're can, we can do this. So we got... On the the east and west, we've got Duke and Michigan are the two in our final four. I want to say Michigan just because I think Duke might win the actual we'll, tournament. We'll, we'll talk about it. And they shouldn't win both. <laughs> All right. So let's go. Let's In my round, I've got um, – so I've got UVA versus Oregon, right? Is that right? Yep. So UVA uh, – I'm looking at the wrong – where am I? What am I no, looking at? No, you got UVA, here? Oregon. UVA, Oregon. Okay. UVA versus Oregon. So UVA is in Charlottesville, right? And there's a pizza place there. The only good thing that I could find is this pizza place in Charlottesville that um, is topped with tortellini. So it's pizza topped with tortellini that, like, it's just carb, 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 carb. I don't hate that at all. I think that's awesome. But Oregon, so, like, Oregon has the whole, like, slow food movement. They've got the Pacific Northwest thing going on. But What city are they in? What's the what? What city are they in? Oregon? I'm not sure. Um, are they around Portland? I'm not sure. But anyway, there's a there's a place that uh, that comes up every time I do a search for good Oregon like college food, and it's called Uli's Taco Shack. Um, and they have something at Uli's. It, it's basically like you have to go to Uli's if you've gone to to Oregon. Um, they have signature French fry burritos. So I was thinking about you because I know your love of French fries. I'm burritos. So listen to this. There's like the El Duce burrito, which is stuffed with al pastor, sweet potato fries, pineapple, onion, cilantro, black beans, lettuce, cheese, crema, and salsa. Yeah, I'll get that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that beats out UVA Charlottesville. So Yeah, pasta on pizza doesn't do it for me. Yeah. So I'm going Oregon. Okay. All right. So Oregon's there. Look then this 12 seed. Yeah. <laughs> Cinderella team. So then I've got Purdue and Tennessee. Can I say something about Purdue? Yes. I've been there. There's uh, this old school burger spot there, and mm-hmm. they have all these burgers named after famous uh, Purdue alumni. So they have the Dwayne Purvis burger, which is a cheeseburger with peanut butter. Okay. And I got it, and I got bacon on it, and it was uh, a life-changing experience. <laughs> well, I so I, I so they're playing Tennessee, though, right? Like, how do you – you got a Tennessee. You've got barbecue. Yeah. No, I was just – I'm just telling you my one experience at Purdue. All right, so these are the, these are my two things that I picked for Purdue and Tennessee. So Tennessee's got Sweet Pea Barbecue, which is a, a dive bar that sells barbecue, and it's awesome. Um, their famous thing is like, obviously any kind of smoked wheat, smoked meat, but they have um, smoked dry rub wings, which are like apparently phenomenal. I have never had them. Um, Purdue has a crazy food truck scene apparently, and. They've got a um, uh, what is it? Harry's Chocolate Shop? Is, oh, it's a bar. It's a it's a, like a really cool bar. I've been yeah. There. So outside of Harry's Chocolate Shop, there's um, famous Frank's, which is a food truck, and they have this hot dog here. That's um, the Fat Boy. It's called. It's a hot dog and a bun with fries, mozzarella sticks, chicken fingers, ranch, and pizza sauce all oh, on top. It's of like it. the Fat Daryl from Rutgers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. If you say so. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going with Purdue. Just for the high cholesterol, drunk college food. Tennessee yeah. is awesome. I love Tennessee barbecue, but I'm this is an upset for me. I'm going Purdue because of the creativity with the stoner food and the Dwayne Purvis burger. 
<laughs> All right. So I've got Purdue playing Oregon, right? Mm-hmm. Now I've got this, – this is UNC Chapel Hill versus Auburn. This is a blowout. I mean, what's your – UNC. You yeah, I mean, hey, I've got hey, UNC. North Carolina is the, the, the food state. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, I mean, I've got it. The only thing that made me almost tip to Auburn is there's a place called Moe's that has um, this pulled pork platter with, like, uh, mac and cheese and collard greens and um, just crazy, really good barbecue. But I feel like barbecue is just everywhere, In and Auburn South. is not what I'm thinking with that. I, I mean, I'm going UNC. So I've got UNC. Um, now we've got Houston and Kentucky. This is this is a good one. This is hard. So Houston, I mean, there are so many options. Houston is the up and coming food city. Houston mm-hmm. is like people say it's the best food city in the United States because of there's there's such this um, confluence of cultures. There's a lot of Vietnamese there. There's barbecue and everything. So we've got like Bon Mi at um, th- some crazy restaurants there. They've got a chicken and waffle place at the Breakfast Club. Um, they've got wild game hot dogs, like a, a food truck and a bar that specializes in wild game hot dogs. It's called the Moon Tower. Um, they've got more barbecue than I can even mention. So there's Houston. But then Lexington, Lexington, Kentucky is like this amazing. Was, was Top Chef just in Lexington? I have no idea. I think it was. I'm not sure. Don't quote me. But I think Top Chef was just in Lexington, Kentucky. Um, it's got an amazing combination of foodie destinations. Uh, barbecue, southern food, and bourbon. Like, just bourbon. I mean, it's the it's oh, part Kentucky. of the bourbon trail, right? Mm-hmm. Middle Fork Kitchen and Bar, it's a restaurant that is actually in the former James Pepper distillery that is, like, high-end foodie but low-cost. I mean, relatively low-cost. Like, mm-hmm. So I don't know. Houston and Kentucky is rough for me. Um, I might – I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? I mean, my gut says Houston just, <sighs> just because I – this is a coin flip. This comes down to a buzzer beater. This well, do, is. Do you think either one can beat UNC? Yeah. Do you think both of them can? I think both of them can. Oh, I okay. Do. Yeah. No, I, I, I do. I do. I mean, but I'm not even looking at that. I'm looking at this as a matchup. I'm, I'm going. Where would you rather just... go? <sighs> you That's can't, the question. I, but I want to go to both. I can't. I can't answer. <laughs> I, this is. It's so hard. I'm picking Houston. I'm picking mm-hmm. Houston. What about you? Yeah, Texas forever. Yeah. Okay. Clear eyes, full heart, can't lose. <laughs> All right, so my final four are Oregon, Purdue, UNC, and Houston. I got Oregon versus Purdue. I mean, I think I'm going Oregon. Oh, I, really? I would I, go Purdue. Yeah? Yeah. All right, we got to hash this out then. Um, Just from the college food scene. Uh, the, the, did you not hear about my French fry burritos? Yeah. I mean, I thought I'd really have you with a French fry burrito. I've just been to Purdue. That's not, can, a can be, yeah. That's not a reason. I'm going Oregon. I'm all going right. hardcore Oregon. Right, Oregon wins. That's, I, I mean, all right, Oregon. <laughs> UNC Houston. You think both? You, I think Houston beats UNC. Okay. Do you Do you agree? Um, I think it's another buzzer beater. I mean, I, you know me and my barbecue and my southern food. Like I love it, but you get barbecue and southern food in Houston, but you also get banh mi and you get like you do love banh mi. I do. I love any like Vietnamese or Thai or any like mm-hmm. Southeast Asian types type, type foods. So I'm going Houston. Okay. All right. So our our foodie, f- not, not a foodie, foodie, college basketball final four is Duke versus Michigan, Oregon versus Houston. If anyone has this as their actual final four, let us know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's go Duke, Michigan. We got to hash that out. Okay. 
I genuinely so Michigan has a much better beer scene. Just like they yeah. have at, by state probably the best beer scene. But this is called the not a foodie yeah. show, not the um, not a beery show. They beery. <laughs> they uh I've had really great Korean food in Ann Arbor. They okay. have good pizza in Ann Arbor. They have um the Mount Nachismus, which is like a, <laughs> it's a divers diners, drive-ins, and dives thing, where it's just uh-huh. like a massive. It's like a time thing. If you can eat it in this much, it's free. Like this, just crazy nacho stack. All right, so like I feel like I've been to Michigan, right? And I've been to you know I've been to Ann Arbor. I've been in games there, and I the food scene there. I mean, there's a lot of money that comes mm-hmm. comes in. There's a lot of money that goes to Duke well, too. So but Google has an office in Ann Arbor. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of money, and that. I don't think there's a culturally significant food scene in Michigan. I think that they do food really well, but they don't do, it's not elevated Midwestern food, whereas Duke, you've got elevated Southern food. So uh, my counterpoint would be that there's a lot more culture in Ann Arbor than uh, uh, Durham. Uh, Yeah. I know, I know. There's uh, there's the Muslim communities. The student student population of Michigan, I'm going to say, is a lot more diverse than the population of Duke. I don't say a lot more, but I, I, yeah, a significant, lot. Yeah. It's significant, yeah. Okay. Um, mm. I I literally stopped last night because I couldn't pick. But they don't but... have barbecue. No, but they have Zingerman's. What, what are Zingerman's? Zingerman's the, the, is like uh... the best kosher deli. Right, right. Oh, I, I've been there. Yeah. I've been there. You That's forgot right. all about Zingerman's. I did. It's been so long. Uh-huh. It, was, it was 2001. Obama ate at Zingerman's. Yeah. Well, there we go, dude. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I pick Michigan. Michigan. Yeah. All right. I got Michigan. I'm. I'm going with you on this. Okay. I, I think this is a coin flip, but I've got Michigan. All right. Cool. So now Oregon versus Houston. Hmm. Houston. I mean, I'm going Houston. I like Oregon. Sounds awesome. I've never been. I've never. I mean, I've been to Houston to eat. I've never, and I've been to Oregon to eat, but I've never been to those college cities mm-hmm. to eat. Um, I'm going Houston for all the reasons that I said yeah, before. We've been I don't Houston think it's a, a blowout, but it's a it's a close game until the last few minutes of the game, and then it's like a 15 point differential. Like I think Houston just blows it out They're at deeper. the end. Yeah, I mean Oregon's Houston just trying too hard bench. at the end. Yeah, absolutely. Houston's got the deeper bench. All right, Houston, Michigan. This is a no-brainer for me. Yeah, I think Houston wins. Houston. Yeah. Houston. Okay, so look at Houston, the best food city of <laughs> of the Sweet 16. Yeah. Congratulations I mean, to Houston. Yeah, congratulations. What's it like? Le Grivaldi, is, I think, is the name of the place. It makes, like, crazy banh mi. There's, like, Thai places there. So I'm sure that we will get hate mail for oh, this. Oh, if I didn't make you angry... <laughs> I didn't do my job. I mean, when you're talking about people's college, their their alma maters and their food cities, like you know, Fredonia, which is in Western New York, which is where I went to college, that's not on this list. I mean, I would pick them because of just purely nostalgia, like so pizza wings and things forever. DM us, tweet us, tell us why we're wrong, tell us why we're right, tell us any restaurants that we missed too, so we can. Find stuff when we yeah I mean we need to have places. just a college food battle like just a full on college food battle we're gonna do a series about that all right well that was thanks for indulging us because this was something that we were looking forward to and it's a twenty minute segment so <laughs> we did it all right well this is the Not a Foodie Show Radio Rafa six twenty a.m. at Not a Foodie Show on Twitter on Instagram DM us all of your hate mail we love it be back in a bit. 
Hey, Mike, where are we? We're in beautiful Greenpoint, Brooklyn at the BK Media Studio. The BK Media Studio is the home of the Not A Foodie podcast. It's so much better than my dining room table where we started this little venture. It has full video capabilities, full audio capabilities. If you're looking for a studio to record a podcast, to do an interview, to record a YouTube show, or anything, think of the BK Media Studio. The number is 917-300-9123. You can come in, take a tour, book a session, tell them that the Not A Foodie Show sent you, and I'm sure we'll work out some sort of a discount. BK Media Studio in the heart of Greenpoint, Brooklyn. Right next to the G train. Brooklyn's most convenient studio. Hey everyone, it's Tom from the Not A Foodie Show. Are you a small business looking to advertise to a food and restaurant loving audience? The Not A Foodie Radio Show has advertising opportunities available that fit a range of budgets. For a free consultation or for more information, email info at notafoodie.com. That's info at notafoodie.com. And we are back with the Not A Foodie Show on 620 AM Radio Rampa at Not A Foodie Show on Twitter and Instagram. Mike, we got a special guest today. Yeah. Why, not, why don't you set it up? What's uh, going another on? Another good friend of mine. <laughs> Everyone's a good friend of yours. Everyone's yeah. a friend of Mike's. I have lots of friends. <laughs> so who, who do we got? Jason Rand. Okay. Everybody knows Jason Rand, right? <laughs> totally. <laughs> Jason Rand, uh, Italian wine expert, uh, Antonori portfolio manager, uh, Masa alumni. <laughs> keep, keep going, keep Ma- going. Did I miss anything? Jay, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thank, thanks for <laughs> having radio me. Show. Drummer. Yeah, you guys have really, you've set the bar know, so high right? for me. Uh, I think the only place we can go is down from here. Uh, no, no, thanks for having me, man. I'm, uh, oh, no, no, no. Thanks for being here. It's great. Mm. We, um, Mike, Mike has told me about you. You guys um, know each other from the restaurant days yeah. and- uh, but now you work for a distributor and you you sell wine, correct? I do. Okay. So I think what what we wanted to talk about, what Mike and I were talking about a little bit before this and what, you know, when you came in, we were talking about just sort of the journey of how you got to where you are. Because you started at the bottom and now you're here. It's very true. <laughs> and <clears throat> now you're here in Greenport. Greenpoint, Greenpoint, Greenpoint yes. Brooklyn. On the Not A Foodie Show. On the Not A Foodie Show. So, so you peaked. I'd yes. say, I, I mean, like this... I said, the only place to go is down from here. Yes. Uh, I mean, I say affectionately that, you know, I sort of failed upwards throughout my whole career. <laughs> I mean, my first job ever was uh, was a dishwasher. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I eventually... Where are you from? I grew up in, in Orange County, New York, so okay. ju- just upstate, not terribly far. I was born in Jersey. Uh, okay. Nobody hold that against me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so my, my first job was a dishwasher. Eventually, you know, got to serving tables. Obviously I had bus tables and done all that stuff. Did a little stint as, you know, bartending, uh, eventually became a sommelier at a three Michelin star restaurant. No okay. Are you allowed yeah. to, uh, name that restaurant? Uh, I'll, I'll say this. It's it's a Japanese restaurant. Okay. We'll, we'll leave it at that. You guys can uh, <laughs> fill in the blanks there. Because there, there are many three Michelin star Japanese restaurants in New York. It's I mean, as far as I know, I don't know if it's uh, the status still um, accurate, but it's the first three Michelin star sushi restaurant outside of Japan. Really? Which wow. is a pretty high accolade. I yes. don't think that changes then if you're the first one. Well, I, 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 no, you're right. I'm sorry. It was the only for 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 a very long time, uh, which it probably still is. But uh, no, I, I owe a lot of um, a lot to that job. I mean, I got to see, taste, and and sort of um, 
just be around wines that, you know, somebody is reading books and, and yeah, you know, things you that are sort of unattainable for I like mean, regular folk. Nineteen eighteen Chateau Mouton. I mean, crazy stuff. History, like, right? It's yeah. not, that's not even wine at that point. I mean, that wine existed before the First World War. I mean, it's it's yeah. pretty intense to think about like what has happened from you know the the bottling of that to the unbottling of that. And, yeah. and what did you do at this at this restaurant? Uh, at that one, I was I was a sommelier. You were the somme there. I was a somme. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, uh, you you can make the argument that I was chef sommelier. Uh, I was really at one point the only sommelier. So what's that, what's chef? Is that chief sommelier? Is that what that is? Essentially, it's just yeah, a, that's. I've never worked in a place that bougie that has that. <laughs> I, I've worked at like beverage director or like head sommelier. I've never worked at a place that has a chef sommelier. I mean, I'm, typically it's 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 you know remanded for for French, but I mean it works. That's what I'm going to call my wife from now on, chefs, because she goes downstairs into our basement and picks out the wine for dinner every night and <laughs> calls go. upstairs, Dad, what are we drinking tonight? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm the psalm and she's the chef psalm. <laughs> Perfect. I'm sure so, she'd, uh, she'd appreciate that. Yes, yes. Um, so you, but so this was sort of halfway down your journey, but you started out like bussing tables and waiting yeah, tables. Yeah, I mean, and... so, I, so like I said, I grew up in upstate New York. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I... I like you had said before, I played drums. I, you know, I thought I was going to make it in the band and uh, eventually moved to, to the city. I don't know. I was like probably like 22, 23 years old. Um, and I thought to myself, what's, what's the easiest way to make money and, and you know, the fastest way to, uh, to sort of do that? And, and waiting tables just seemed, um, you know, preternatural, so yeah. to speak. And I realized that I truly enjoyed, you know, cuisine and wine and, and all nuances that, that sort of come with that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I found myself when we had the sales reps that would come in uh, to teach you about new wines on the list that, you know, I'm listening and I'm smelling and I was like, oh, I do smell cherries. Oh, you know, there is lavender notes in here. And, you know, I sort of explored that myself. And like I said, I, you know, I failed upwards. I, I was, I was <laughs> in the right place at the right time. At, at a lot of times I had a friend that was working at, the unnamed restaurant, uh, and they needed another psalm. And, you know, we, uh, I, I had, I'd focused mainly in Japanese restaurants too. So I had some base sake knowledge, which also obviously so, helped. So what was your first like type of restaurant? Like, were you working at a greasy spoon or you were, you were working at a Japanese in the city, in not, the city. not up in well, Orange County. So the first restaurant, uh, was a Japanese themed restaurant, where, <laughs> themed restaurant where okay. I dressed like a ninja. Oh, I is it called that Ninja? Place? It's called Ninja. I remember yeah. that place. Is that place still around? It's still there. I, yeah. Oh my God, that's the place like on the Lower East Side. It's, is that it's, it? Uh, no, it's on Hudson Street. On um, Hudson. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Tribeca, yeah. That's so, right. So yeah. So my first, uh, my first job in the city. <laughs> oh, how far you've come! I know. And that's what I'm saying. So that's great. It's really like uh, Pauper to Prince sort from of Ninja uh, to Chef Song. <laughs> it's un- unreal. So yeah. So I, um, I had to dress like a ninja, uh, and you know, in in most Japanese. In Japanese culture, essentially, you know, you sort of have to climb from the bottom up. So I, I you know, I walked into Ninja and, you know, had to be a busser and a runner uh-huh. uh, until I got, you know, I guess. Uh, wait, at what point did they put, make you put the costume on? Is that oh, like day one? <laughs> so like you were you're always you're a busser ninja. in the Ninja oh, costume. Yeah, no, and, okay. And it was, I was wondering if that was a rung on the ladder that you had to like start <laughs> bussing tables and then you make it to like. You know, pre ninja, assistant ninja. I used to fight with them all the time because they had, you know, uh, no the, the headband, and I would like refuse to wear it because I was like, I'm breaking out from this headband. But but now I mean, full on headband, like you know, rayon the, headband. Yeah, like, no, it was it was, yeah. uh, it was a trip. But uh, you know, and, and I'm awkward. You know, I'm a big white guy who's dressed like a ninja. Like that's you know, it's it's not necessarily the most authentic when people were coming in. So you know, I took that and I spun it, and uh, you know, I was able to, I guess, show management that I could deal with the guests, and eventually they made me a server. 
And, you know, I got lucky because as funny as this is, and we're joking about it, you know, the price point at Ninja was pretty high. I mean, it was all prefix menus. There yeah. was an a la carte menu. But, I mean, I think the cheapest prefix was 60 a person. Oh. And then plus, you know, tip and drinks and yeah. everything else. So, like, you know, I found myself within a few months, uh, you know, begrudgingly putting on that uniform, but then coming home with a decent pocket full of cash. And then from there... Called selling out. That's it. Wow. <laughs> that that wad of cash we'll, makes everything. We'll, we'll get to that <laughs> point at the better. end of the story yeah. as far as selling out. Because uh, now I have a 401k, guys. Yeah. Wow. But um, what's that? <laughs> exactly. I didn't know until uh, October. But um, but yeah. So you know, I, I proved myself there, and then uh, from there, I went to go work at a restaurant called Koi. Which mm -hmm. is in the oh uh, yeah I know that place too the Bryant classic Park Hotel. New York City sushi place yep and when I started there I want to say it was like 2007 so they had uh, they had opened in 05 so it was still like a pretty hot table yeah uh, and their you know their sister mother restaurant however you want to say that is in West Hollywood so the uh, the owner is very tied in with you know celebrity clientele yeah and stuff. I mean so, it was it was a hot place to, oh, to get I into mean, when it first opened yeah I walk, it's still a good place it's not like a it was sceney. It, yeah. it was a scene. Like, I remember going when I'm mean, before I was married and had kids, and, you know, like in the early days when it first opened, I remember it being like a hot spot. I mean, a hot spot. I didn't go above 14th Street. Like, I was a dive bar sort of guy. I right. lived on the Lower East Side, and, and that was it. Um, but I remember, like, it being like the spot, and it was the spot to, like, celebrity spot. You well, know? it was like a place to be seen, and it had a yeah. scene. And, uh, you know, and I was lucky enough to to get a job there early. I mean, it's still busy because, you know, I still have friends that work there and, mm -hmm. and such. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's still a great spot. But but back then it had this sort of mystique to it that, like, it was cool. Uh, you know, I served Leonardo DiCaprio and, and all, <laughs> all these mega stars and stuff. So that was really cool for me because I was still Who pretty. Who was the most famous person you served in a ninja costume? Uh, probably, I think, Danny Masterson and Wilmer Valderrama. <laughs> <laughs> Which was really weird because they, they came in pretty stoned. Well, that too. But but fairly often. Like they and they I swear I swear oh I swear to you, they were like, Oh, we only eat sushi in LA. This is the only place we'll eat sushi in New York. And I was like, Have you guys ever been anywhere? Like, um, this place? This is, this is this the only place we eat sushi with people with a ninja costume. This is our only ninja costume sushi place. I mean, I was like, you guys are only eating salmon sushi, so I guess that, that makes sense. But um, that no, was cool. I mean, you know, Danny was super nice. He took us out because he, he's a DJ too on the side. He brought us down the lit lounge and put us in the little VIP area at one point. It was it was pretty awesome. Nice. That's cool. But, so anyway, Koi. Yeah, <laughs> back, back to Koi. Back to Koi. Enough uh, daydreaming of that '70s show. So um, so yeah. So no, I got lucky at Koi and and uh, was able to really sort of kind of hone um, that sort of elevated um, element of of working in a restaurant and and having to have this attention to detail and. You know, when I started there, it was it was pretty serious in the sense of, you know, you did your pre-shift lineup, and it was like, all right, everybody, let me see your pens. If you don't have five pens, you know, if your shoes aren't shine, let me see your your fingernails. Like, go home, you know, because how do you how do you punish somebody? You hit them in the pocket, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it was like my first sort of glimpse into like like you know, a strong regimen in in terms of uh, service and taking it seriously. Right. Yeah, you because know, before that, I mean, you know, and even at the time, it was like we were twenty mid twenties, and you know, we we're making a lot of money and drinking a lot at night and doing it all over again the next day. So, you know, at, you had this like sort of this thing, and you were like, I'm not a doctor, like I'm not on call twenty four seven. Like, why I have to go home and study this menu? But right. you know, it really sunk in that yeah, you do. And I mean, you actually have to put work into this. You have yeah. to care. And I mean, that's how you make more money too. When you go to the table and you're like, well, this is why this is good because we get the fish from this purveyor, and we only use real wasabi, not 
Right. No, you're, you're absolutely you, right. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, wow, this this guy knows what he's talking about. I like I trust him for his recommendations. Yeah. Now. No, totally. I mean, you know, knowledge is knowledge is power. And, and you know, in, in a restaurant, you know, that little bit of knowledge you can upsell. You can. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's right. And I learned that there. And then from there, I took a job. So this is where like the myopic sort of begins of life outside of, of this life is I took a job as a manager down in uh, the Lower East Side at a place called Sons of Essex. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that was where I first realized, like, how hard people work in a restaurant out, like, outside of the service staff where it was like I was doing 80 hours a week, <laughs> sometimes more. And, like, making – if you broke down by the hour, like, what, it was like peanuts. I yeah, mean, below minimum wage. Yeah, it, in terms of what I, I walked away from, you know, working, like, maybe 30 hours a week for real as a, as a server. Like, if you actually break down the time that, right. uh, you know, that you're actually on the floor and stuff. The uh, the price per hour, I mean, significantly goes down in those management roles. As you get to management. But it was great, though, because I, then I got to learn a lot more, you know, back-of-house operations, uh, you know, how to program POS systems. And, you know, and like we just said, you know, and it, the more you know, the better off you're going to be in the long run. So yeah, uh, from there, I got a call to bring me to said three Mission Star restaurant. And, uh, wow. And then the, the rest is history in that <laughs> respect. But then, you know, then I got that that sort of, itch again where how many hours a week were you working at that place well that place i was doing six days a week uh and and it was it's a strange sort of format because they do lunch but it's by reservation only so if there's no reservations there's no lunch so a lot of times it'd be like 10 o'clock at night and they would be like oh we just got a call you guys have to be here at 11 o'clock in the morning yeah and then work a double so essentially there's the potential to do what four doubles six days in a row a double is because Mike Mike texts me sometimes like, "Sorry, I'm tired. I just did a double." And I'm like, "For me, a double is like two eight-hour days together." I mean, that's what's a double? It's about twelve hours. It's, it's around twelve hours. It's like six hours it, is a shift. You think they well? If you're a doubled, you'll be first cut for dinner because okay. they don't want to get you into overtime and they don't want uh, just for your like mental health and everything yeah. to just why why you got here at five. He he's been here since eleven. Why are you going home first? Mm-hmm. So it's it's. It's back-to-back shifts, mm-hmm. and it's usually it's like, like 12 hours. You know. Yeah, give or take. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, there, there's probably scenarios where it's a quick lunch or, or a very long right. lunch. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, for, for all intents and purposes, it's, you know, a lunch, a dinner, breakfast, lunch, however you want to look at that, about, mm-hmm. about 12 hours. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I had to be there six days a week, and without any of the doubles, I would say it was averaging about 50 hours. Um, okay. You know, give or take. But were you, you weren't salaried, though, if you were a Somali or... Well, no. So this is and well, this how is does, wait wait you, you're it's not, not salary. No, it's not a management position. So you don't have. A, I mean, but you get you get waged. You get an you hourly get... rate, and you're in the tip pool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And what a tip pool that was. Let me tell I you. I could. Well, I mean, <laughs> I know the restaurant you're talking about. So yeah. So yeah. So I was there. Um, I started in in April of 2014, and I left. Uh, I graduated in... college in May of 2014. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I was selling really high-end sushi at that point in time. <laughs> but, the, uh, but, yeah, I worked there for, for a little over three years. I, I was gone by about May of 17. Mm-hmm. So I saw in that time, um, you know, your standard, like you were just saying, tip pools, you know, point system, that mm-hmm. whole thing. Uh, and then I want to say it was 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, they followed suit with uh, Danny Meyer and the Union Square Hospitality Group and people that have come since then, obviously, with the no tipping No policy. tipping, yeah. So then it was worked out where, you know, I had my, um, 
my income was was supplemented by you know a commission rate and an hourly rate that was supposed to be in the ballpark. Right now, supposed to. Well, I mean, it was it was good money. Don't get me wrong. I, no complaints as far as that goes. But I mm-hmm. mean, you know, I definitely lost a pretty hefty percentage. But we were grossly overpaid to begin with. I mean. The, the amount of money that flows through that place is, is unbelievable. It's the most expensive tasting menu in America, right? Or in New York City? The least? last I checked, it was it's definitely number one in New York as far as base prefix yeah. goes. Uh, it was number one in the country, but then I heard something open in L.A. that might be oh, more I was, expensive. I was going to guess there was just something in Vegas where they just, like, shave a pound of truffles and give you, like, liquid gold. and like, yeah, I mean, that, that you, stuff yeah, exists they, for sure. They, yeah. yeah, they do. Just, they, over, just over the top, not even, like, food. Get just a like cocktail luxury. with a diamond yeah. in it and, yeah, all of that stuff. I think, actually, uh, Koi has an outpost in, in L.A., and they had what they called a high roller roll. <clears throat> high roller roll, and it was, like, foie gras stuffed with black truffles with... You know, with gold on top, you know, exactly what you just described, essentially. Lobster stuff with tacos. Yeah, I mean, it was like every every opulent uh, sort of ingredient all rammed into one roll, and it was like a thousand dollars. No, no one get no one got my Simpsons joke, right? No? no. No one just got that? Oh, okay. You no. guys are too young? I don't know. I was just too like busy that. probably talking over <laughs> that, and I apologize about that. When, he, when Homer goes to a restaurant and says, bring me your finest food stuffed with your second finest food. <laughs> yes, sir. Lobster stuff with tacos it is. <laughs> So that's the high roller roll for me. <laughs> and, I, and I would take that in a minute. Yeah. But, but yeah, so it was just a bunch of nonsensical, expensive things rammed together in a roll. And I, I want to say it was like $1,000. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like if you want to make more, if you want to charge more for something, you just shave truffle on it. Absolutely. Yeah. Throw, I think, some, throw some gold leafing on top. I always say that one of my most memorable meals that I, like of my life is not the most expensive meal. It's when I went to Italy and had a meal that had just shaved truffles on top of it. And they were like, oh, here's, it's an extra 15 euro. And it was like a pile that would right. have been like $400 in a New York restaurant of truffles on top of it, like white truffles. It was beautiful. That's awesome. I mean, yeah. I just love like scrambled eggs with truffle on them. Yeah, truffle on I mean, anything. They're making, they're making taglioni, tagliolini, the tiny little pasta. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just with uh, little... oil and white truffle. I just read, I think last week in the New York Times, there was just a small piece about someone who's trying to um, up ranch dressing and they're using, they're doing a truffle ranch dressing. Go, go back to the Midwest. Yeah. Go stay. I, that's weird. Yeah. I know. I hate it. I do like the truffle hot sauce though. Truff is Truff? good. Truff is good. I, like I haven't that. had that. Oh, yeah. It's really good. Yeah. I was, and then, so working at this restaurant too, I was sort of blessed with having nothing but real truffle too. So like, like all the truffle oils and the uh, salts and yeah, stuff which like are that. No, that's not real truffle at I, all. I used to think, I was like, I used to toast my, you know, arborio rice and make this truffle risotto. Now I'm like, oh God, yeah. it tastes like chemicals. It's, yep. it's, it's yep. really There rare. is 0% truffle in truffle oil. Perfume. That, like it's, that, it's place is, that, that place broke me uh, in terms of, of food and, and, you know, and, and everything. I mean, you get to see this, this 1% of the 1% and now I'm like, I can't even go out for sushi anymore. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. So what, where did you move on from there after you left? So from there, like I said, said the uh, we they did away with the tipping uh, so at that point it was very evident that I had hit the ceiling in terms of earnings so you know I started kind of thinking what's the next step and you know I thought let me go into distribution of wine because I'm really into wine obviously as the sommelier I was like and I was tired of carrying around a little wet rag in my uh, in my suit jacket and ripping the inner lining out of it from it being wet all night and having to wipe up soy sauce and all that fun stuff so um so I went and I joined a, uh, a small uh, distribution called Wine Source, uh, mm-hmm. which was somebody we used to buy some wine from when I was at this restaurant. And, uh, and you know, from there, I kind of learned the ropes. I took a major, major pay cut and, uh, and then f- got lucky and ended up at a really, really big distribution with, you know, all the, all the fancy adult uh, fun stuff <laughs> of great health insurance and, you know. Right, and 401k. Exactly. And so do you, looking back on it now, so now, now you've got a job and, you know, wine rep, you're – 
you get to do great stuff. You get to go to Italy. You get to sell wine. You get to, you know, it's, but it's a sales role. You're, you're yeah. selling. Um, like looking back on it, what do you miss the most out of, uh, out of anything? Is it dressing like a ninja? Is it, <laughs> is it not going that. <laughs> into koi? Or like, like what, what do you miss the most? The thing I miss the most, and, and honestly, it's going to sound so cheesy, is, is I truly loved like hospitality. I love talking to people. Yeah, I love working a table. Well, I, that's you do that in sales, right? I do, but it's like you know, I get to deal with all the disgruntled, jaded people. Like, yes, you know the people that yeah. are buying for the restaurant, the industry people, <laughs> right? Yeah, which <laughs> whenever I leave restaurants, the thing I miss most is being in the weeds. Oh, being I don't weeds, miss that. At no, all. no, no. But like knowing, like, okay, I'm gonna have this, and then I'm gonna have the like being in the weeds, but having control of it, right, and right. like. The, the kitchen's going to make the food that's just busy right now. Tickets are going to come, and everyone's going to be happy. I got to say, I, when I was doing a lot of live production work, like because I, I, I did live video production for years, and I produced and directed a whole bunch of events and big like annual shareholder meetings and things like that, I loved those events because of the pressure, because of like being there and knowing that when it was done, like when my when the when the broadcast went out, like it was finished. And I can imagine, I understand what you're saying, mm-hmm. Mike, where it's like, you shift is over. I'm done. I don't have to deal with that anymore, and I can decompress. But when when it's happening, you get that adrenaline rush, and you're trying to. No, totally. It's that sense of accomplishment. Yeah, yeah. after it's yeah. all said and, and done. And just like having this mental checklist in my head, and be like, okay, right. they have their bread, they have their drinks. Uh, we're waiting. I just dropped dessert menus there. Like knowing everything's. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. real quick, because we're running out of time. But, sure, but yeah, yeah. so what's the what's the one thing that you miss the least? What's the one thing where if you never had to do it again? I mean, is it putting on that bandana? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, that's up there. No, I'd say, you know what? Honestly, I think the drama that, that exists in a restaurant, Mike, I'm sure you can attest to that. It's like, it, I don't understand. what It's like people regress. Just, to just the... don't sleep with your coworkers. And like, there's a, <laughs> if you don't, that's I don't a good sleep rule with my coworkers. Everywhere. So I, I'm really everywhere. never around like a lot of drama. It's Mike just... and I haven't slept together. So <laughs> that's why this radio show is awesome. Thank God. I mean, <laughs> I would say keep, keep on keep on the trajectory. No, I mean, it's just like it, everything's so like, so juvenile and catty. And, and yeah. you know, and especially when you work at a place, like I worked at Koi for seven years. So it's like these people, you know, you're, you're fighting like family, essentially. Mm-hmm. So, I yeah. mean, that's about it. But, I mean, you know, no regrets. <laughs> cool. Well, I mean, we've got to, we've got to take a break. Um, Jason, can you, uh, can you stick around for our next segment? We're going we're gonna to do some drinking? Yeah, absolutely. All right, great. So you're listening to the Not A Foodie Show on Radio Rampa, 620 AM, at Not A Foodie Show on Instagram and Twitter. Do you want to plug your Instagram? Uh, you can follow me at uh, <laughs> at Somsauce, S-O-M-M-S-A-U-C-E to find out all the fancy bottles that aren't actually mine, but I got to drink it. Anyway. But you get to drink them. All right, we'll Beautiful. be back in a minute with Jason Rand. Hey, everyone. It's Tom from the Not A Foodie Show. Are you a small business looking to advertise to a food and restaurant-loving audience? The Not A Foodie Radio Show has advertising opportunities available that fit a range of budgets. For a free consultation or for more information, email info at notafoodie.com. That's info at notafoodie.com. Hey, Mike, where are we? We're in beautiful Greenpoint, Brooklyn at the BK Media Studio. The BK Media Studio is the home of the Not A Foodie podcast. It's so much better than my dining room table where we started this little venture. It has full video capabilities, full audio capabilities. If you're looking for a studio to record a podcast, to do an interview, to record a YouTube show, or anything, think of the BK Media Studio. The number is 917-300-9123. You can come in, take a tour, book a session, tell them that the Not A Foodie Show sent you, and I'm sure we'll work out some sort of a discount. 
BK Media Studio in the heart of Greenpoint, Brooklyn. Right next to the G train. Brooklyn's most convenient studio. We are back with the Not A Foodie Show on Radio Rampa, 620 AM, at Not A Foodie Show on Instagram and Twitter. We're switching it up. Are we? Yeah, kind of. Why? Because we're not doing what are you drinking. Oh, we're, yes. We're about to drink. It, it's our audience's favorite segment where they get to listen to us talk about what we're drinking. But instead <laughs> of all doing cocktails, uh, Jason blessed us with some real cool juice. So Jason Rand st- stuck around. Hey, Jason. Welcome back. Hey guys, thanks for having me. <laughs> so, um, I think we so we've talked about this. We've got a really good batting average of guests bringing us alcohol, and thank you for keeping us above the uh, you know above three hundred. The Mendoza line. Pleasure. <laughs> um, so, what did you bring us? What do we got? So, uh, you know, I brought you guys a uh, a white wine from uh, from Umbria, from Italy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was appropriate, as you know, hopefully the weather changes. I'm sure knowing that we're in New York, we're probably due for one big snowstorm. But uh, a nice little well-wishing for the uh, for the summer here. Uh, this is a 80% Sauvignon Blanc, 20% Semillon. Uh, what's really, really cool about this uh, this wine is kind of where it comes from in Umbria. Uh, you know, a million years ago, the, the ocean essentially went to the Apennine Mountains. And as it retracted, mm-hmm. uh, it deposited all sorts of marine fossils and things along those lines, i.e. like Chablis. Yeah, like Sancerre. Exactly. Uh, so you really get this beautiful minerality from it. Um, so where, where is Umbria, like, geographically located? Like, it uh, would be um, considered central Italy, okay. essentially. Kind of, but it's a coast. It, yeah, it's on, it's on the east side, yeah. essentially. Uh, right above Is Uglia, it near Marche? South of Marche. So, south of Marche. <clears throat> okay. I don't know Marche. I know Umbria. I was just asking for our listeners who might not know. Like, we better check a map on that one, guys. <laughs> Um, but no, yeah, I thought I thought it'd be some cool stuff, and and it's a um, it's a fun little homage to the Antonori family too, because it sort of is uh, exactly what their their kind of mantra is, which is innovation while sticking with the and classics. Who, the Antonori family, uh, they are so the Antonori family is a, a family that is deeply uh, rooted in Italian wine. Um, the lineage goes back. The first provable uh, date is 1385. That they have a piece of parchment dated 1385 in the Palazzo. Uh, Antonori and, and Florence, so 630 some odd years. Uh, it's I think it's number ten all time uh, oldest family run businesses period across any industry. Wow! So it's 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 pretty impressive. I mean, they're uh, you know they were the first the first to go away from Fiasco, which were the uh, the wicker basket Chianti bottles. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first to put in Bordeaux style bottles with a paper label. You know, the first to essentially have, you know, malolactic fermentation, uh, Chardonnay and, and uh, the Super Tuscan movement using. Hey, Tiganello put Super Tuscans on the map in America. And, you know, it's another a funny point, too, is most people don't realize like Sussacaya and Ornelia were actually uh, Lodovico Antonori, which is Piero Antonori's brother. So I don't know anything. So, like, I'm, this is all completely like above my head. Oh, okay. It's the Mandavis. Yeah, gotcha. it's the Mandavis gotcha. of Italy. So instead of like Robert, it's like his brother or something? Yeah. yeah. I think so, yeah. I yeah. need to read so up on my Italian still, wine history. It's still like one of the, a guy from the top Super Tuscan family making some of the best Super Tuscans. All right. Well, better yet, I bet you when I taste this wine, I'll know everything that there is to know about Italian wine. So why don't you, uh, why don't you pour us a glass? Right. I'm going to tell your listeners, too, this is not a... This is not audio tricks. We're really pouring wine. Here. Yes. <laughs> so the um, cheers. Cheers. Chin chin. There we go. Cheers. Clink clink clink. 
All right. So, like, first of all, the color is crazy, right? Yeah, it's like hues of green. Yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's a white wine with, like, greenish tint. It's like um, when you mix absinthe and club soda. <laughs> I don't know. I've never done that. <laughs> like a very pale chartreuse. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's 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 really beautiful. It's a brand new vintage. This is uh, called Conte della Vipera. Uh, it's like I said, eight percent Sauv Blanc, twenty percent Semillon. Uh, I've been calling it lightning in a bottle. Very zippy, high acid. Yeah, really lean, like a laser. Awesome with food. Great. Oh great wow, as a this porch is pounder. This is yeah. This is like this is summertime. This is summertime wine. Yeah, the the acid. I haven't been talking because I've just been like listening to my mouth and like the acid on it's crazy. So a little trick that I that I do to, to detect uh, acid is when you drink wine, just sort of open your mouth and see how much you sound. Just yeah, kind of breathe through your mouth after uh, you know after you take a sip, and if you can sort of feel the saliva sliding mm-hmm. off your tongue, you know that you have a pretty good high acid wine. Which is really, it's hard to tell in red wine. So I feel like that's a cool trick for anybody out there that's you know contemplating whether they want to get into wine and. You know, it's very intimidating. Like people start talking about these things, tannins and acid. You know, if you don't know anything, you're like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, I mean, and this is this will hold up to really good food. I mean, I would you could have this, this with a veal. I would do absolutely do this with a veal or a pork. I was thinking, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it's got uh, like when I usually make those sorts of dishes, I'm thinking like something with capers, something that's got strong assertive flavors. This would stand up to that. I think this is uh, this is delicious. One hundred percent. Well, <clears throat> I wish I could take any credit for making it, but thank you so much. Yeah. For the, no. Well, uh, thank for you for giving. You yes. take credit for bringing it here and introducing us to it. You and knocked it out of the park with this. The uh, the and then that's the, why he's a professional. There you go. Yeah. Why don't you tell everybody again what this is, um, and you know what kind of wine it is, and how they can get it? Or... So the uh, the property itself is called Castello della Sala. Uh, it's located in the Orvieto region of Umbria. Uh, the cuvee that we're actually doing here is Conte della Vipera, and mm-hmm. like I said, it's 80% Sauvignon Blanc, 20% Semillon, which is traditionally a white Bordeaux blend. So if you ever see a white Bordeaux, almost always it's going to be almost that same cepage too. Cepage. Cepage. Cepage is uh, I, don't, I don't know how to say that without saying it like that and sounding <laughs> like, like you know like I have my nose <laughs> I, in there because yeah, yeah, I yeah. was the chef sommelier, so <laughs> it, yeah. it, it basically it just means the grapes in the uh, in the wine. Okay, the percentage breakdown. I yeah, I guess it, it sort of goes hand in hand. But, I mean, you the, blend, know, the word you're looking for is blend. There you go. That's that's the layman's <laughs> terms. <laughs> I mean, I knew that. Yeah, right. But I mean, I was just ex- asking for our listeners who might not have known that because you know. <laughs> but this is this is delicious. Thank you for bringing it. And I think um, I think that we've got to start uh, start saying goodbye here today. What, you know, what but... cocktail are you going to drink tonight that isn't a Negroni? I was going to say mezcal Negroni. You got me. Right? Oh, yeah. mezcal Negroni. We had to ban Negronis. Ban Negronis are banned. Well, what? I'm. Uh, yeah, I have no idea what no. I'm gonna what I'm gonna drink how, tonight. How about a Boulevardier. Does that work? I That's love a the Boulevardier. <laughs> Can't get away from the Campari, man. <laughs> I was um, just drinking Campari meat. That's, yes. That's Vodka on the rocks. How's that sound? Sounds good. That's what I'm drinking tonight. No, I'm drinking bourbon. It's not yet not yet Memorial Day. After Memorial Day, I'll have vodka meat. <laughs> You're, you've been listening to the Not A Foodie Show on Radio Rafa, 620 AM. We are at Not A Foodie Show on Instagram and Twitter. At Timmy Alley, T-M-I-A-L-E. You forgot how to spell your last name for a second. No, I didn't. I'm at good. Mike Maranti, M-I-K-E-M-I-R-A-N-T-I. And that is our show. At Som Sauce. S-O-M-S-A-U-C-E? Yeah, that's Look at that. the one. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening. 
Hey, Mike, where are we? We're in beautiful Greenpoint, Brooklyn at the BK Media Studio. The BK Media Studio is the home of the Not A Foodie podcast. It's so much better than my dining room table where we started this little venture. It has full video capabilities, full audio capabilities. If you're looking for a studio to record a podcast, to do an interview, to record a YouTube show, or anything, think of the BK Media Studio. The number is 917-300-9123. You can come in, take a tour, book a session, tell them that the Not A Foodie Show sent you, and I'm sure we'll work out some sort of a discount. BK Media Studio in the heart of Greenpoint, Brooklyn. Right next to the G-Train. Brooklyn's most convenient studio. 